What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of The Turf. That's right, the silver and black turf right here on SB Nation. Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network, SB Nation Radio. You know what it is. I'm definitely one of your hosts, Nick Hamilton, alongside my man, Scott Winter, the Raider Insider himself. And we got another great podcast for you guys this week. That's right, episode two. Scott, what's going on, man? You all right back here? Absolutely. Another day in paradise and we got a lot of stuff to talk about and I'm excited to do it. You know, good, uh, good news, information, speculation, all of the good stuff. Man, I can't wait, man. We got a lot to talk about it. Definitely. Where is Kyler Murray going to go? Where is he going to be drafted? There's been a lot of talk about him in the last week since we, you and I have talked about it. Also, yes, indeed. You know, we got your man, the Raider himself caught up in. A thotterotch. That's right. Caught up with another thought on Instagram. And of course, there's controversy. What wouldn't a Raider player be without some type of controversy, huh? <laughs> All you know that and goes. more. Yeah, exactly. All that and more coming up here on the turf, better known as the silver and black turf. Now, last time that you and I spoke, Scott, there was a lot going on. Obviously, we covered a lot of ground. Um, the main thing that we talked about, I know, was was Kyler Murray. And I know you had some insight about that when we spoke a couple of days ago about Kyler Murray and that the talks have been heating up, or have they, between the Raiders front office, Kyler Murray, and his people. Yeah, I mean, to me, I think that's like a smokescreen. I just don't see – I personally don't see God. the Raiders drafting a quarterback at number four. Hello. I mean, if they were going to draft – Kyler Murray, I, I would hope it would be with like the 35th pick, you know, somewhere in the second round because he's graded as a second to third round talent. I mean, I get it. This is a quarterback starved class. You know, the, the class isn't as good as say last year or projected to be as good as next year. There really isn't a lot of quarterbacks on the market. We already saw, um, Flacco go to Denver. We saw the, the Eagles franchise tag Nick Foles. There just isn't a lot out there. And I, I feel like that both Mayock and, and Gruden are saying, are saying that the car's their guy. But at the same time, I could see putting some smoke out there, maybe, you know, some deception to, to try to get somebody to maybe move up with them into their spot to take the quarterback. Uh, but I, I just, it's, it's hard for me to see. I mean, don't get me wrong. Murray is an exciting player. He, he is. He's five foot eight, though, at the same time. He's done very well at the college level, but as a, at playing level, he's two inches shorter than Doug Flutie. Now, Doug Flutie, I was a Doug Flutie fan. I felt like he got a raw deal in the NFL, and I even believe that the Buffalo would have went on in the playoffs, might have went all the way to the, to, to the Super Bowl again. That Music City miracle might not have happened if Doug Flutie was in. I think he was a winner. He, played fantastic. Kyler Murray could be that guy, but right now he's just an intriguing prospect to me. Well, here's the thing about Kyler Murray that in impresses me is the fact that he kind of reminds me of Russell Wilson, obviously not this with the height issue, but not the weight issue because obviously Russell, Russell Wilson is a guy who's a lot wider, obviously heavier when it comes to weight and, and able to take certain hits better than a guy that's 185, 190 pounds wet. Uh, but that's not to say that he can't bulk up at some point uh, when you're in the NFL, the NFL is much different than college. You have a lot more amenities. You have a lot more, uh, responsibilities, but you have less, 
worries as, as, it, as it pertains to coming to practice because all you're doing is coming to practice, working out, get on a nutrition routine, and playing on Sunday. And I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but it is, but it's less than what you have to do when you're going to college, meaning you have to go to class and have to deal with football practices and going on the road and things of that nature. So I think Kyler Murray could fit in the Raiders scheme. I think, like anything else, Scott, listen, if you're trying to sell a car that's not all that great or you don't feel it's all that great, what do you do? You throw some new primer on there, you're paying up, you're shining up real nice, you get some new tires on there, and you put it on the market. Why? Because you're trying to sell the car. Now, you made steam clean the engine so the engine looks nice, but we all know that that that, that car that you're trying to sell is a gas guzzler, but you're not going to pretty much say anything because you're trying to sell off the car. The same instance that, that the Oakland Raiders are probably trying to do with Derek Carr. They're trying to build him up, make him look real nice and shiny, appeal to anybody else out there that's looking for a quarterback, and try to flip him and then be able to get some type of late, maybe late first-round pick or maybe early second-round pick for him. If the Raiders were smart, I know they can get a, at least a late first-round if they got a, if they got first-round picks uh, before in their previous in their previous uh, trades. I know they can get a first-round pick, man, for, for Derek Carr. That's not hard at all. But here's the scenario I present. Let's say the Raiders do take – let's say the Raiders do take Kyler Murray at four, right? All right, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. going to follow up with you on this. Okay, so let's say they take him at Kyler Murray at four, right? Okay. There's another quarterback that just recently got a settlement with the league who is able and willing to be able to be a, a, a bridge between Kyler, between that organization and Kyler Murray. And as you all well know, Colin Kaepernick settled his grievance and his lawsuit against the NFL. Now, what does that mean? Now, obviously, we don't know the terms of the deal as far as what that means for Colin Kaepernick's future. But if you're the Oakland Raiders, knowing what, knowing that the things that Colin Kaepernick could do, and and the fact that you can you can buy some time for Kyler Murray to learn the system, learn the league, learn the organization, if he can sit down for a year while you have Colin Kaepernick as as your quarterback, look what look what happened when what Kansas City did. With Patrick Mahomes. Now, I'm not comparing Patrick Mahomes' skill set to Kyler Murray, but but what I am saying is the time that Kansas City sat him down, you see the effects of it now because he was able to learn and be brought on gradually to be able to pick up the offense, be able to be effective in the offense and execute the offense. And that's what you're trying to get with Kyler Murray if you're going to draft a guy like that that high. That's your future. So if you got a, a interim quarterback like a, a Colin Kaepernick, why wouldn't you take a chance at least kick the tires on Kaepernick? Wow. That's, that's a, that's a, I mean, you, you're comparing him, say, to Mahomes. Mahomes stepped into a turnkey operation. You, you had, you have Kelsey. You, you, you had Hunt. Um, you had the fastest man in the NFL who can catch the ball. You had a, an good. offensive line that is playing as a top five unit. And I mean, you put him in that situation and you gave him all the tools necessary to win. Now, yeah. what, but you don't have that situation in Oakland. You don't. You have, you have sketchy uh, tackles right now. I think that, um, uh, you know, left tackle is going to be fine. 
But right tackle still with Brian Parker still kind of sketch. I think they're going to draft a, a, a tackle early in the first. It's a, it is a fantastic offensive line draft. I can see them taking a backup just to make sure if Brandon Parker is your guy, if, if, uh, you know, Colton Miller is your guy, great. You have a third guy that can rotate in and out there. But odds are that maybe one of those guys don't make it due to injury, whatever. You have a guy that can step in. Donald Penn's getting long in the tooth. Kelechi Assimile hasn't played uh, a, a solid season since 2016. You know, they got uh, Feliciano's getting ready to hit the open market. They're, they're hurting up front. So no, no, no gonna, question. No you're question they're hurting up front. Yeah, you're talking about bringing in a quarterback. They don't – who's their receiver? They're going to they gonna have to trade a pick maybe to, to get Antonio Brown? Maybe. Who are they going to draft? You're, again, you don't have – there's nobody really on the open market where you got John Brown. Who, you know, I mean, he, he's, he's one drink away from, you know, being, being out for like a year. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like John Brown. I think he's a fantastic player, but, um, you know, and did really well with Jackson when, when Jackson took over Baltimore. So he can handle that scrambling, um, mentality that, you know, and he can get open. But the thing with Kyler, Kyler Murray is he is not Russell Wilson. He's three inches shorter than Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, the reason what makes. Yeah, I disagree with that. Um, Russell Wilson can drop dimes anywhere on the field. You have to defend every blade of grass with Russell Wilson. He can hit well, you. Why, is he, well, why, is, why is he able to do that, though, Scott? Why is he's he able always to do it? been able to do that. He's always well, why been able, is he able to do it with the Seahawks? Because he – what? He, no, I'm he's, he's, got the, I'm, no. I'm he's got the accuracy to do it. I mean, it's not – they never had really good offensive line play. Except, you know, when they had, when they had good rushing team, when they had Marshawn Lynch there, that's when they went to the Super Bowl back to back. So he had, he had that dual threat. Plus he had, um, Curse and, um, Baldwin outside. They're fantastic receivers. They were underappreciated by the media. Doug Baldwin has turned into, you know, he has shown what he's capable of now that, you know, he's basically the main guy and they got Tyler Lockett in there now. But the thing is, he can make that throw. He's always been able to make that throw. You take a look at the, the game between, the Seahawks and Green Bay, when, when Seahawks came back, he dropped a dot. Boom. Right there in the pocket. He can make that throw. Kyler Murray cannot. Kyler Murray is a, is a short to intermediate passer with decent accuracy. He has, he's rough on the deep ball. Okay. You know, well, and, and that's I'm, a scouting report. That's, a, that's well, what I'm saying. So right. I don't see you well, saying quarterback. Well, here's what I'm saying. To make your point about Russell Wilson, you just said that the O line has always been shifty and shaky, right? Up in Seattle. But he was able to make connect on those throws because of his arm strength and his his ability to throw the deep ball. Granted, what I'm saying is this, and my point by bringing up Patrick Mahomes is the fact that Patrick Mahomes, no matter how good he was or how mediocre some people thought he was or was unsure about him, he sat down for an entire season to watch the offense, to pick up the offense, to be able to get acclimated to the NFL style of play. And all I'm simply saying is, with all the first-round picks that you have and the things that you can do as far as the tradable assets that you could have as far as flipping picks or what have you, because the Raiders are actually in a dynamic position because they have three solid first-round picks. You got an early second-round pick. So what I'm saying is if you flip Derek Carr, there goes your extra pick, right? So now you can have another extra pick. What I'm saying is you can build up the O-line. That's not hard. That's not unattainable. You can build up that O-line to make it sustainable. Not saying it has to be dynamic and great, but just sustainable enough to keep the quarterback upright enough to get the ball off. 
if you're able to do that, now you talked about, okay, who are they going to get for receivers? Excellent question. Could they get Antonio Brown? Antonio Brown has said, peace, see you later, I'm out. It's been real. God bless and good night. That's what he told Pittsburgh. He had a meeting with Art Rooney II, and basically they come to they came to some sort of agreement, according to Antonio Brown, about him leaving after nine years with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So could the Raiders obtain him? Possibly. Also, you have another wide receiver that was previously in your division that you could pick up as a second or possibly third option in Tyrell Williams. So there's another option that you can use that receiver. All I'm saying is this. If the Raiders have a decent O-line, they put together some type of decent O-line, and you sit Kyler Murray for a year and let Colin Ka- – if you decide to go the, the Colin Kaepernick direction, because I know what Mark Garagos said, his lawyer said, hey, there's two teams he could play for, either the Patriots or the Panthers. But I'm saying there could be a third team, and that third team could be the Raiders. That's all I'm That's saying. That, I, haven't that, heard any, I haven't heard anything. I'm just throwing that out there as, as, as point of argument. I thought he said Miami and the, 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 the Panthers. No, but, he, said know, the, he said the Patriots and right. the Panthers. And the Panthers, I, I understand, because Eric Reed is there. So, I mean, they kind of yeah. fought the same cause. Mm-hmm. Kind of makes sense. Panthers kind of make a lot more sense than the Patriots or maybe even the Raiders. But I'm saying the Raiders took that chance and said, okay, look, we want to groom Kyler Murray. We want to make him into our Raider image. Okay, fine. You still got to have time for him to come. He can't come in right away, as you elocuted before. He He's not ready to come in right away. His accuracy is, a, is in question. That's something you have to develop. If you had, if he has time to develop that, if he has time to do what he needs to do to get this, to keep the keep the chains moving, right after a season, that's why I brought up the Patrick Mahomes scenario right. because look how much better Mahomes was in the second season versus they would have threw him right out there after Alex Smith and threw him right out there. How good would he have been? How much confidence would he have had on the field? I mean, think about it. this is a kid that went up against the greatest of all time in Tom Brady at his home in the AFC Championship, and the kid had all the confidence in the world. Probably a lot more confidence than most people have in their entire life. So what I'm saying is you grew, they had to groom that. If the Raiders with John Gruden, who's supposed to be a quarterback whisperer, if he was able to do some of the same similar things that Andy Reid did with Patrick Mahomes as far as grooming him, preparing him for the league, preparing him for the learning the, the Raider offense, I think you can have some success if you have another quarterback in place if you decide to go away from Derek Carr and flip him for a first round pick. Okay, so you make you make a point here to talk about Andy Reid and developing quarterbacks and you're saying John Gruden can develop quarterbacks but then can't develop Carr. Take a look at this. Andy Reid had Alex uh, uh Alex Smith, right? And arguably Alex Smith had his best years in Kansas City. So yes. he proved that he could get the most out of Alex Smith, would you agree or not agree? I would Absolutely. agree that he, he, he got the most to the, out of to the, to the and, milk was gone in the, in the powder. Yeah, right, right. So in that scenario, you can take you can draft somebody because you feel like you can do better, but you already have Alex Smith. So if, if Mahomes falls flat on his face, if he doesn't become the guy that they thought he was going to be, you can you can keep Alex Smith, you know, and then draft another quarterback a couple years down the road because they had developed. Alex Smith and brought the best out of Alex Smith out there. Well, Gruden hasn't done that with, with Derek Carr, has he? I mean, we're talking about the 2016, um, MVP candidate. He was playing at an MVP caliber level. I mean, there were people that were given number one votes for MVP that year, even though, you know, he broke his leg, you know, um, on Christmas. Right. Right. Well, unfortunate. Let, but, but, well, but now, let, let me, me finish. Ahead, so, so go you ahead. got, you got, you got coach Gruden who can't develop 
Derek Carr, who even said to me directly in Orlando last year at the mm-hmm. owners meeting, said, if I can't, if Carr is not successful, then I failed as a coach. That's what he said to me directly, sitting right across from it. So why are you going to trust him to develop Kyler Murray when he can't develop, he can't turn Carr back into his MVP caliber player that Jack Del Rio had done? Okay, well, here's why. To answer your question, here's why. Number one, as we talked about before, it took, it takes two years to come off that broken fibula injury, right? And look at, look at Alex Smith and what he, what he, what he's going through. He may not ever play football again, right? And he broke his leg. I'm not saying it's the same exact injury, but I'm saying it's still a, it's still a significant leg injury that got him out of action. The same thing happened to Derek Carr. With those types of injuries, as we well know, especially playing the, a grueling, grinding, violent sport like football, it takes about two years for you to really come back and get your footing. Even people that come off ACL injuries tell you the same thing. It really takes you a season or two to really get your footing back and get yourself back in a shape where not only physically but mentally you're able to take those hits and not, you know, be in a fetal position. So what I'm saying is this is the year. If you're going to develop Derek Carr, this is the year to do it. If you decide to hang on to Derek Carr, again, this was not Gruden's guy. This was the guy that, that Gruden got when he took the job. The difference with Andy Reid is Andy Reid hand-selected Patrick Mahomes, right? So what I'm saying is if Gruden he has the opportunity to hand-select his quarterback that he wants to run in his system, and he feels like, hey, you know what? Maybe we can flip a number one and try to get something for Derek Carr right now versus waiting to the middle of the season or after the season and his, and his, and his trade stock goes down for whatever reason. So what I'm saying is, Go for the sure thing. If you can get, if you can flip Derek Carr for a first round pick and let's see what he, let's see what, let's put, let's put, uh, uh, John Gruden's feet to the fire. If he's the quote unquote quarterback whisperer that he claims to be and knows that we've seen him on ESPN grueling and, and grilling quarterbacks, then let's see what he can do with Kyler Murray. Cause that's a project within a project. You said it. I've said it. Everybody else in the airwaves have said it. This is a project within a project. If he can make Kyler Murray an NFL-style quarterback that's successful, then he's damn sure done his job. Now, he ain't worth $100 million. I'll tell you that much right now. But he'll definitely earn, I would say, at least a good third of that money if he turned Kyler Murray into an NFL quarterback that was successful. He definitely deserves at least a third of that money that he's getting right now from the Oakland Raiders organization. That's all I'm saying. If you give him an opportunity, I know what he told you, and I'm not discrediting what he told you because I know you're very credible, so I'm not discrediting anything that Gruden told you last season about Derek Carr. But things change, and people see things differently. You're not going to say you're not going to see the same things you saw right now that you saw last year. You're going to change your mind. That's what happens. Things change. Situations happen. I mean, who would have thought Amari Cooper, you'd have flipped Amari Cooper for first-round picks to the Dallas Cowboys? I called it. <laughs> I actually yeah. did call that. Right. Okay, Scott, outside of you and your domain, most of us were like, who the hell bit on? I mean, the Dallas Cowboys got to be one of the silliest organizations I've ever seen. You bit on Amari Cooper. Nothing against Amari Cooper. I think Amari Cooper is a talented wide receiver, but is he a number mm-hmm. one wide receiver? No. Right? He's barely a number two wide receiver, especially in that show with the Raiders for the last couple of seasons with Derek Carr there. So for them, for the Raiders to make the ultimate pimp move and say, hey, we're going to give you Amari Cooper, flip us number one piece. And they did it. 
So right there, they did. Gruden, gets, Gruden gets my respect right there. Gruden is a match because he spent that good game so good that Dallas, Dallas and, and, and Jerry Jones and Steven Jones fell for the okie doke. That's all I'm saying. So if you can, I'm, I'm saying give Gruden time. Give him an opportunity to develop the quarterback that he wants. He says he wants to make his this system his system, right? Which is why right. we all think that he – one of the reasons why he got rid of the Mac because he's, you know, he want, he's trying to mold everybody into his image. Okay. Well, Ooh, you have our quarterback. I, I don't I, – you know, I, I think it came down to just – with Mac, it just – things didn't pencil out. That's Mark – that's one of Mark Davis's uh Why why uh, why didn't they things. pencil out? It didn't why pencil, didn't pencil out? out, Scott. Be- why? Because of, I mean you're talking about 141 million dollars. 141 oh, so million dollars. So, so so you're saying so you're saying to hell with talent. We got to watch our pennies because we really can't afford to be paying players multiple say, deals. No, 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 no. no, no. I didn't no, say No, no, no. no, no, no. You're taking it the other way. You're taking it the other way. I'm saying no, they could pay him. They had planned to pay him. They offered him mm-hmm. number one, number one defensive player money for like a mm-hmm. year. And he turned it down. He turned it down. They waited for Donald to get his deal. And then he came out with more hire and then threatened to, uh, his agent said that he wasn't going to play during the year. At that point, you're talking $141 million wrapped up in one player. Now, did the Bears go to the Super Bowl? No, but the Raiders didn't even make, the Raiders didn't even and, get and out I, of a single digit that, win. That, no, 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 We have not even seen what no, 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 no. the Raiders are going to do with those picks yet. Wait a minute. Did, you the, can't did they go to the wait, Super Bowl? Wait. No, they did. But here's, but see, that's, that's, that's a, that is, that is a twisted question because here's the problem. As you well know, there are two sides of the ball. Okay. The offense mm-hmm. was suspect as hell when it came to Chicago. Mm-hmm. I still don't believe in Mitchell Trubisky. I'm sorry. I just don't. Okay. When right. it comes to that defense though, he definitely radically improved that Chicago Bears defense to the point you had a quarterback like Jared Goff closing his eyes, praying to dear God above that please don't hit me, please don't hurt me, waving. I mean, they came in there like they was Biggie, waving the 4-4. All you heard was Papa, don't hit me no more. That's what that's that's the impact that 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 Mac that Khalil Mack had into that Chicago Bears defense. He energized that defense. And what I'm saying is, no, they, to answer your question, no, they didn't go to the Super Bowl. But damn, did the Raiders even get out of single digits when it came to wins last season? No. We're were not, they they're off? not even. Were they worse off? Wait, wait. Were they worse off in go the ahead. pass rush? Were they worse off in the pass rush without Khalil Mack? Yes, they were. Because that was a constant question every, after every game last season. I was at the Charger game. That was a question we posed to John Gruden as well as everybody else. What happened to the pass rush? What's going on with the pass rush? Do you miss Khalil Mack? Yes, you, yes, in the hell well you do. You know why? Because you missed the pass rush. And that was critical in a lot of, in a lot of different games that the Raiders were playing against opponents. That's all I'm saying. So you're going to pass up paying a guy like Khalil Mack. A top, a top dude like Khalil Mack. You're going to, what you're going to pass up because you're saying I don't want to tie for $141 million. That is the silliest thing I've ever heard coming out of a GM's mouth or a, a person of upper management saying, knowing the skill set that they, that Khalil Mack possesses. That is absolutely absurd to me. Okay. So tell me about, tell me, tell me the $141 million player on the Patriots. There is not going to throw that. Uh, there isn't one, but, mm-hmm. but who's been in a Super Bowl? How many times now? Nine and 16 years? Nine. 
Who's been in the so, Super, wait, who's wait. been in the AFC? Hold on, who's been in the AFC mm-hmm. Championship game eight straight times? Where's their Khalil Mack? So you're telling me, okay? So you're telling me you're so you're trying to base a system like Bill Belichick's system a who system. doesn't call for no, no right? It, it's just, we all it's a system, just like. But also to answer your question, who else was in the Super Bowl this year? Aaron Donald, who got broke off and got paid and was defensive player of the year with 20 and a half sacks because the Rams decided, you know what? We need to pay this guy because he's definitely worth the price of admission. If the Raiders would have done that and had the same type of attitude, how much better would their defense have been? How many, how many, how many more wins could the Raiders have gotten this year on, on the defensive side of the ball? Because some of the games were very close this season. So you mean to tell me? When I look at you talked about Chicago, how he racked up Aaron Rodgers, who's one of the better quarterbacks in this league, how he racked up, like I said, a lot of uh, various other quarterbacks. Yeah, you can't compare comparing the Patriots to what the Raiders are doing is like apples and oranges because the, the Patriots already have a system. And let's go back to the earlier years of the Patriots system when they had a Willie McGinnis, when they had a Ty Law, when they had a Richard Seymour, who obviously later on went to the Raiders to get paid. They traded him. All That's right. Guys. When when they had All Richard Seymour and they traded him. Boom. Traded him. Yeah, they traded, traded him. And what happened? They traded. The, what happened to Malcolm Butler? Gone. What happened to the to the guy they sent to? Uh, God, I can't think his name. You know, he asked he asked for more money on his contract. They sent him to the Browns. That's what. That's the Belichick. Oh, game. Jamie Collins. Yeah, gone. Okay. See what I'm saying? Malcolm, so let, let's take. Wait, wait. Let's the, take the Malcolm Raiders Butler. are building Malcolm. a Patriot way system and making it an Oakland way. But they, that's but what they they're doing. If it walks they like a duck right. and it talks like a duck, and ain't no damn right. mongoose. And what but I'm saying haven't... is, you talk about, but you talk about Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler was the main reason why they lost against the Philadelphia Eagles, because they had nobody down in that position that can that can, that can make sure that they defend well, right. like Malcolm Butler can defend. So that's why they lost. You talk about making the Super Bowl. Yep. They lost the Super Bowl to a Philadelphia Eagles team led by Nick Foles. No disrespect and so to did Nick the Foles. Bears and Cleo Mack. So, so did so the Bears a, and Cleo so Mack. So, We're the worst so, team. Okay, so <clears> what I'm saying is you're going to sit up here and tell me that you're going to pass on talent. We're talking about pure talent. Khalil Mack is pound for pound pure talent. He's up there. We, we talk about Aaron Donald. We talk about Joey Bosa. We talk about all these other guys. We also, we also put Khalil Mack in the mix. Like I said, Mike, my, to my earlier point, Khalil Mack going to that Chicago Bears defense – made it in, in, in miles ahead better than where they were before they got Khalil Mack. Granted. But if it if, doesn't get them a wait, Super Bowl, wait, wait, wait. if it doesn't wait, wait, get them a Super Bowl, it doesn't matter. But, but, but listen, but, but Scott, what you're, what you're missing is the fact that nobody's – I don't give a damn if you got – if you have the best pound for pound at every position. Look at the New England Patriots that went – that were trying to go 18-0 and and having a perfect season before they met the New York Giants and lost in the Super Bowl. They had one. Of the, they had the best team pound for pound. So it's, well, my point is, there's no guarantee. Even if you get those guys, but it's a it's a higher probability that you could pr- try to win a Super Bowl over the course of time because we know this is both an offensive and, and defensive. There's two sides of the ball, and, and actually three sides. Special teams, excuse me. So it takes time to build. But if you don't have anything to build with, if the Chicago Bears would have got a better quarterback and some receivers. 
could they? And if the guy wouldn't have missed the 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 the, the field goal that joint off the uh, the goalpost, the field goal yeah, that was blocked, blocked whatever. I, Trayvon Hester. All I know is that it, Trayvon it, it, Hester. It, it went it. off. It went off the goalpost. It didn't go in. Yeah. If that uh-huh. if that would have went if that would have went in, they would have faced the Saints and probably beat the Saints. And then they would have went on and, and and faced the Rams in Los Angeles at the Coliseum because the Rams would have had the home field advantage. And they could have possibly beat the Rams again and made it to the Super Bowl. Who knows? What I'm oh, saying is it's all man. speculation. It's all speculation. I get it. This ain't nothing guaranteed, man. Nothing is guaranteed. That's, but you're, you're talking about take, – take a look at the Rams. They have they, – they put seven number one uh, first-round picks, not number one overall, but seven first-round picks on that defense. And they still couldn't stop Tom Brady when they had to stop Tom Brady. They did a fantastic well, job, but they couldn't they, they, stop that. Now that no name defense, nobody can that stop no name date. That no name defense stopped the number one offense in the league. Just shut it down. As bad as the Raiders did in Super Bowl eighteen, shut down Theismann and that number one offense. Okay, but Boom. what I'm saying, yeah, you're right. But it also too, let's look at let's 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 look at that as well. There's a thing called experience and inexperience. You know what I'm mm. saying is. Getting back to the original point, because I don't want to go too far off in left field, but getting back to the original point, Khalil Mack is a guy that you can build a defense around. And he's a guy who can can motivate your defense and be the motor of your defense if you put him in the right situation. And all I'm saying is the Raiders, they went went for the okey-doke. They sat around and said, you know what? We're going to value money over talent. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to save X amount of dollars and we're going to send this talented defensive guy to another team out of the division, out of the conference, and we're going to build from scratch. So now, Raider Nation, what do you have to look forward to moving to Las Vegas? First of all, let's find out where you're going to be playing at in 2019. (laughs) We don't know where you're playing. So I want to get into that. Let's take a quick break. Let's take a quick break, Scott. I want to get into that because I know you have some updates on where they're going to be playing, and I know you may have some some quality insight on where they're going to be playing. So we'll be right back after this break. You're listening to Silver and Black Turf, a.k.a. the Turf, here on Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network on SB Nation. Stay tuned. All right, welcome back to the turf, better known as Silver and Black Turf here on the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network here on SB Nation. I'm your host, Nick Hamilton, in case you're just joining us, alongside my partner in crime, Scott Winter, the Raider Insider, the Raider Whisperer, as we like to call him around here. So let me ask you, we talked about, we had a lot to talk about in the first hour, in the first part of this podcast. So my question is, we talked about what the Raiders could do, where do we see them going, what possible moves they can make. Now, where will they be playing in 2019, Scott? I know we touched on this last podcast, <sighs> but where are they going to play? What is the update? Because I know you got all the inside track when it comes to being the Raider whisperer that you are. Are they going <laughs> to play at the at the, at, at the the Coliseum, or are they going to have to move to Buck too? Where, where, what's going on? Well, it, all, all signs point to, to, to Oakland. The only the only thing that I have in this whole in this whole scenario is 
if there is something comes up as they're finalizing this deal that throws everything to the wind, where the, a, a situation comes up where Mark Davis can go to the NFL and say, see, I told you so, we're going to go play somewhere else. Other than that, other than that scenario, they're going to play in Oakland because I, I mean, but the, like I said, the only thing that, the only thing that concerns me about that, and I think it's awesome for the fans. I think the fans deserve it. So let's, let me put that Absolutely. out there. as a, as Absolutely. a son of Oakland, I was born in Oakland. I would love to see the fans get, you know, a, a farewell season. And, and I think out of all of the moves in the history of moves, the Raiders have done it as best they could for their fans. Um, in, you know, and the fact that they're moving. So I just want to throw that out there in this scenario. Uh, uh, but the only thing that concerns me is, you know, the Charlie Brown Lucy football scenario. In 2016, the JPA and the Raiders came to a deal in February of 2016, February 12th, 2016. They had everything agreed on. It was all good. It went back to Oakland Alameda and they vetoed it and said that ain't enough money. Now, Oakland and Alameda have members on the JPA. So it wasn't like a surprise. They just So what is, what is the JPA? It. Just so everybody doesn't know. I'm it not it is a joint the powers authority. It's a joint powers okay. authority, which is a quasi-government uh, entity that is made up of Oakland and Alameda elected officials. Um, okay, so plus, these are you know, politicians uh, uh, that are involved. Politicians, absolutely. Okay. Then it can, it can make, it can make a deal, but it can't make, it can't do anything by itself. Everything that it does has to be then ratified by Oakland and Alameda, which is a little different than the Las Vegas Stadium Authority. They have the power to make deals without the state ratifying it, without the city ratifying it, without the county ratifying it. They can make deals on their own. They have a little bit more power and a little bit more autonomy. So mm -hmm. in, in Oakland, it, it is basically the child the love child of Alameda and Oakland. And it's been around, you know, it was OOAC before, but it's still, still a joint powers deal. Um, and like I said, my only concern is they come up with a deal and then, you know, two weeks, three weeks down the road, Oakland or Alameda decides to throw a wrench in it just, just because this is a very, uh, vitriolic situation. I mean, they hate each other. They really hate each other. Uh, I mean, yeah, I it, is, it has become so bitter. Things. Mm -mm, no, mm -hmm. no, not unless it's cold. <laughs> I mean, you know, and that's just the polite way, you know. I'm saying, you know, they they're gonna get some horse apples. <laughs> well, I mean, one thing I've learned about politicians is <clears throat> that they never like they never turn down the opportunity to get their palms greased. And if the palm greasing is what the, the right oil, meaning the right amount of money that can turn their hands another way for one season, I think they can yeah. get this deal done. I think that the politicians are not going to be that dumb. Or if they are that dumb, then the people need to get out in full force and, and, and extract them out of that situation. Because here's the problem you're going to have. Now the Raiders can flip it and say, hey, we tried. We tried to make amends. We tried to do everything in our power to, to keep us here for at least for one last season. And these people are preventing your team from being seen by you, the consumer, you, the fan, you, the PSL person, to sit here and watch eight games of the regular season of Oakland Raiders football because these politicians are being greedy and obnoxious. If the Raiders are smart, you flip it on the politicians. If that, if what you say can, ends up happening, Scott, I say the Raiders need to have a full PR blast and flip it on the politicians 
and put the politicians' feet to the fire. Because this is what happens. If you do that, now everybody's looking at the politicians or the, uh, that, that are connected with the JPA and that or, and that that area and saying, okay, well, now what are you guys going to do? Because remember, if I'm the Raiders, I'm saying, hey, I'm trying to stay. Baby, 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 please, I'm trying to stay. Don't kick me out in the cold. Baby, it's cold outside. I'm trying to stay. But this, right. but this new person over here is trying to keep me out in the cold. You're already losing the Golden State Warriors to San Francisco. Do you want to lose the Raiders a year earlier than, than normal? That's how I would do yeah. it. Oh, I agree, but the problem is, is that the Raiders have lost a PR battle on this. And it's unfortunate by the way they've handled it by pulling out of the negotiation when the lawsuit hit. Mm-hmm. They now appear to look like they're crawling back to Oakland. They appear to look like they've taken it on the chin. Mm. They've tried all of these other things. They've exhausted all of their options. And now they have no choice but to get back in bed with their ex-wife for another season. And and for them, uh, there are a lot of people in the Bay Area right now, and Bay Area media has been really fueling this, that, mm-hmm. well, you know, if I was Oakland, I would ask to pay $20 million this year or $30 million this year. They've uh, see that the, that's the thing. They've lost that PR war. They've lost that moral high ground because of that initial. You know what? Fine, we'll go. You know, we'll go somewhere else. Well, now it appears, and I'm not saying that that's the case. I believe that the NFL is being very persuasive in keeping the Raiders in the Bay Area at this point. You know, that's just my take on it, and some of the things that I've heard. But if it's a reasonable deal, the Raiders stay. If they if they say, you know what, twenty million dollars, well, instead of seven point five, which is on the table, it's twenty million dollars. They could do that, and 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 they would win, even though just with everything that you said, they would have they've already won that PR battle, in my opinion. Bay Area media has just absolutely pounded oh, yeah. this they, ball. They, they, but, they butchered them, but but yeah. let me ask you this question because it could look like an ultimate power move if the Raiders do get back in bed with Oakland. And let's say they come up to some reasonable sum. Guess what happens? The fans get their football and the Raiders still yep. don't leave. So they yeah, get, they ultimately, they can, yeah, sometimes you got to take a step back to take two steps forward. But if you, mm-hmm. if you, if you, if you sweet talk that ex-wife long enough to make her feel like she's the queen of the world and she, and, and make her feel like she won, even though she didn't, <laughs> just so you can get what you got to get again. Scared money don't make none. And what I'm saying is you can go, you gotta do, sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do to get what you want. And if they do that and play out a season in Oakland and then say, well, you know what? To hell with you. I'm out. Deuces. Yeah. Two of them to the side. And they right. jet to Vegas anyway, which they're gonna do anyway. The yeah. Raiders come out. I know they look like, they look like crap, but they'll come, they could come out of this smelling like a rose because then they can say, well, hey, we got what we wanted. We got to stay in Oakland a year when they didn't really want us there. And then we're moving on to a brand new state of our facility in Las Vegas. So it's the ultimate, it's the ultimate, it's, man, it's game recognized game. And that's what I'm saying. Like the Raiders can actually game this thing into their favor if they really wanted to, if they knew, if they go about it a certain particular way. And that's all I'm saying is, man, make sure your game is airtight because if it's not, it's going to be a problem. Speaking of people that don't have their game airtight, huh. you ever heard of a Raider cornerback named Garyon Conley? Are you familiar with oh, that yeah. name, there, Scott? Oh yeah. Are you familiar yeah. with the name? First round. Are you familiar with uh, 
a young lady by the name of Emily Huff. Oh, that name yeah, I've heard this. Yeah, oh boy. Oh, okay, okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. uh, well Gary on Conley, who last season had three interceptions for 64 yards. Basically a bounce back year because in 2017, it, it was, it was horrible. So yeah, he was injured most of the year. Plus he was top 10 PF cornerback too. Top 10. Yes, indeed. PF Absolutely. So, I mean, he's, but he's, he, had he, game he had a great on the, year. He had game on the field, but his game wasn't tight off the field. It's according to Emily Huff, who is an Instagram model who went on, on Instagram a couple of weeks ago. And this is a story that I found courtesy of Black Sports Online and Robert Latow. Um, mm-hmm. basically said that she went as far as claiming Conley as her dude. Now, even going as far as to post a video of them out on a date and even getting cozy in the bedroom. Now, it doesn't appear that Conley got the memo because he did a Q&A on the gram and said he's single and ready to mingle. So, of course, that sparked off beef between him and Emily Huff, who has the issue and trying to figure out where they stand with each other which is absolutely hilarious to me. The fact that you're sitting up here having a war with an Instagram model, you can't make sure your stuff is air, is sewn up better than that. This is some this is suckerific activity at its finest. Let me tell you. There's no way in hell you should be having a chick out here out here in these Twitter streets and these Instagram streets sitting up here claiming you and making it hard make trying to just I mean shut your game down with other people just because she's mad. Just because she, man, why well, blow yeah. up my spot? Because we both. That's all I want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, Conley has just been unlucky with the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, I supported him. I was one of the few people. I, I'm, I'm, and I want to make this clear with everybody. I don't try people in the media. I, I, yeah, I've been a media member, but I don't try them in the media. Every dog has its day. Every person has their right to court. I don't try to try them there because you don't know everything. You hear something. Oh my God. Now if there's video on it, you know, and it shows, you know, this, this is stone cold. That dude did this, you know, I mean, I even looked at the Kareem Hunt situation way back in the day when he, you know, when he cold stone, stone cold clocked that girl because she called him a racist name. Now I'm not saying that he, he, I mean, he shouldn't have knocked her the hell out, but, but, she put his hands on him, called him a racist name. I'm sorry. Yeah, you I, look, you know, I I just I put myself in that position. I'd be like, well, you know, no, he shouldn't have, you know, broke her jaw or anything like that, but I'm just saying. You know, well, here's, I, this is, I this try is to give people you... the benefit of the doubt. Does that make any sense? I get it, but it's so, still funny. You know. We still gonna shoot these jokes. But yeah, off. it is funny. We we still gonna shoot yeah. these jokes off, because ain't no way. Yeah. I mean, that's some completely you. suckerific activity. If I've ever seen yeah. it in my life, you got Man. a shit that you can. What's wrong? You ever watched the Mac, the old seventies movie? You ever watched Three the Hard Way? Uh, oh yeah. You can't control <laughs> your yeah. chicks, man. That's all I'm saying. Y'all not even together, and she's trying to cuff you. She's trying to. She's trying to. She on a cuffing binge now. I don't know if it be, if it was because it was Valentine's Day a few a few days ago, or maybe she's trying to play the cuffing game. I don't know. All I know is, bruh, get yourself together. Don't let this bleed into preseason, OTAs, you know, all that stuff. Because we don't need that. That's all I'm saying, man. But this is absolutely hilarious. 
He just been hanging around Donald Penn too much. You know, he's been hanging around Donald Penn too much, and that's what happened. Wow, that's that's my joke. That's my joke. That's my joke. Come on, man. I'm not saying anything about Donald Penn. That's a pretty big dude. Donald Penn is a player. Certain dudes don't mess with Donald Penn is one of those dudes. I kind of leave him alone. Oh, he's cool, man. He's cool. I hung out with him. I hung out with him at the NFL owners meeting last year. He he was showing me his his his, his uh, shoes that he was in and everything like that. I took a picture, posted him on Twitter, and then he goes, "Oh man, don't post that. I'm supposed to be in a walking cast." Oh shit! <laughs> take it off. Take it off. <laughs> Delete. Take it off. Take it off. Well, no, I mean, dude, this is man, this is absolutely he's, he's hilarious, and this is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, do 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 you and I, and maybe Joe Rigo and your boy Q. Because they're playing this is their last year they're playing in Napa, right? For 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 uh Yeah for training for, camp. The, for, for training camp, I believe. Do so. we yeah, all they're, do they're all gonna move to Reno. Okay, so do all four of us need to travel up there to Napa and and, 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 and sit this young man down and give him some good game? Because it sounds like that's what we need to do, man. As a Raider podcast, and I'm sure the fans would appreciate that. I think we need to I need we need to have an intervention. <laughs> I think we all, all four of us need to go. My man Joe Rigo, your boy Q, me. And Scott Winter need to go up there and, and, and sit this young man down and give him some gas. Because mm, apparently man. he ain't doing it right. Mm. Mm. I'm, I'm always willing to help a right. young man out. You know what I'm saying? I'm always just, willing to something. help a young man out. Something. I mean, come on, man. You can't, you can't be. God, suckerific activity all around. My goodness well, gracious. you know. Hey, hey. He ain't he ain't hitting nobody. That's all I can say. At least you know. Thank at least God in, for in, that. In, we we're we you know. At least with the Raiders, it's all about the love. You know, the division we, opponents. We it's all about field, beating them off. down. Right. The, Raiders, <laughs> right. the Raiders hit on right. the field, not off the field. That's right. Point there taken. You go. Point taken. Yeah. Well, listen, Scott. Any final words, man? Before we sign off, because you know we got to get off the turf, man. They got to get the line ready for next week's show. They got to you know put the sod in and all that great stuff. So, man, what you got? We, you know, we're going to get some great information on some of these guys. We haven't even really discussed AB or, 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 or Bell or some of the free agents that are possibly out there. I don't like to do it until it gets close because, you know, a lot of people you get, you, you fall in love with a person and then, oh, they're going to be franchise tag. Oh, they're going to be doing this. We haven't really discussed Flacco and what that means that the impact in Denver. I think we've got a lot of stuff lined up and I think you need to stay tuned the next week ahead. Weeks ahead, in my opinion, could be the most important for the, you know, for the Raiders franchise for the next 10 years. You better get on the turf. You better get on the ball and make sure you join the turf every week here on the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network. Right here on SB Nation, SB Nation Radio for my man, Scott Winter, who he actually gave us some insight. Yeah, man, I can't wait for next week's show because we actually going to break some things down. We got some players mm-hmm. involved that we're going to break down as well. So I cannot wait. Until next week, signing off. Make sure you check out all the other shows here on the Silver and Bright, the Silver and Black Pride Podcast. Going too fast, <laughs> man. For my mascot winner, I'm Nick Hamilton. Until next week, take care. <laughs>